Thanks for listening to the Woodward Podcast Network. Check out more shows by searching for us on Spreaker or wherever you catch your podcasts. The Woodward Podcast Network with Krupka Dental Associates. Hello, this is Dr. John Krupka from Krupka Dental. We now have the Soleil Laser. You can have your fillings done without needles nor drills. We are a full-service dental office and always accepting new patients. To learn more about me and my friendly team, visit KrupkaDental.com. You. Yeah? Werner Ziegler. You ever heard of that guy? Werner Ziegler? Live from the Fast Sign Studio. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. It's the show with Leo and Balky. I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. By some divine miracle, we were paired up. You got that idiot at the copy shop to lie for it? Did you just call me a freak? Do you have anything else? How about a Fresca? For God's sake, just give me the damn number! Lighten up, Francis. Call now at 920-281-1570 or 866-653-1570 if you want to join the program. And I'll tell you something else. This is the show, and we're not going to change it. And now, ladies and gentlemen, let's do this thing. Here they are. It's Leo and Balky. Welcome, Score Squad, to the show with Leo and Bulky. It is brought to you by Fast Signs of Appleton. You can see all of its products at FastSigns.com. Follow on Facebook and Instagram by searching Fast Signs Appleton. Discover the power of highly customized visual solutions. With Fast Signs, anything is possible. Make your statement with the help of Fast Signs. The Cease Electronics Talk and Tech Studio line now open at 920-281-1570 or 866-653-1570. Email the show at the score's email inbox at the score wi.com and click on email the studio. I got breaking news, Leo. Breaking news is brought to you by Northside and Kruger's True Value Hardware. Here's Walt Walnut. <laughs> Walt, are you there? We're having some connection issues. Hold on. User error on my part. Walt, do we have you? You there? Thank you, Mr. Balkin. Reporting live here in New York. The New York Mets are about to call up Mark Vientos, according to ESPN's Jeff Passan. The Mets do not have a lot of flexibility on the roster unless somebody is going to go to the injured list, but Vientos will be DHing against left-handers and some right-handers. He definitely has some power, and he is coming to the Big Apple, is the slugging third baseman for New York. That is your breaking news brought to you by Northside and Kruger's True Value Hardware. Remember, when... Your Toro snowblower, your Toro lawnmower, or news breaks, no side in Kruger's True Value Hardware fixes it. I'm Walt Walnut. Back to you, Mr. Balky and Mr. Kuiper Jr. Thank you, Walt. And you may have the rest of the week off. Obvious- I think he already started. <laughs> Obviously. He does not tow the company line whatsoever. I guess at his age, what does it really matter, right? Could be here tomorrow, gone the next day. Mm-hmm. You never yep. know. You know. None of us really know. Nope. So what about... We're Wade? all day to day. I know we're going to talk to uh, Matt Carroll on today's show, but Wade Miley going down. It's just like every single night the Brewers are losing yet another player and another pitcher. When will it all end? What is it getting you? Why don't you go home to your wife? I'll tell you what, I'll go home to your wife. Outside of the improvements, you'll never know the difference. <laughs> Who was that? That was uh, Rodney Dangerfield, <laughs> no, Al Chervik. Groucho Marx. Groucho Marx, that was close. <laughs> all right. Now, I want I will get into Brewers here shortly. I uh 
I'm going to bring this up. At the Harry Carey already? <laughs> I got breaking news, Leo. Brought to you by Northside and Cougars Valley Hardware. I think I have found another free Harry Carey soundboard. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's do it. Well, as you know, 1997 was quite a year. A lot of things happened. Some good, some bad. Mother Teresa died. That wasn't good. <laughs> Unless you hated Mother Teresa. I myself was not a fan of hers. Don't ask why. We were just like oil and water. We didn't mix. <laughs> when did, oh, he ever, when did Harry ever meet Mother Teresa? <laughs> I don't know. He asked an interesting question. Though. Maybe I'd seen Teresa. If you were a hot dog, you were starving. Would you eat yourself? <laughs> I know I would. I'd oh, smother man. myself and... Relish and mustard, I'd be so delicious. Yeah. Uh, getting back to Wade Miley, yeah, it, it was frustrating. And it's going to be frustrating because now you're looking at Jason Junk. Jansen. Um, <laughs> I'm always going to call him Jason. Yeah, I know. Um, yes, him or Colin Ray, potentially mm. back in the rotation. I'd rather have Ray. Really? Junk was pathetic. I know, man. but but you you want to get these guys some big league experience. Like Colin Ray is not going to take you to the promised land, but Jansen think... Junk might help get you there. I don't know, man. Or Robert Gosser, another. There guy you probably... go. Let's bring in a, a different arm and a lefty at that. How has Gosser been performing? Not as good as Jansen Junk at AAA. Oh, I can man. tell you that. <laughs> the cupboard's a little bare in AAA, which doesn't ne- it doesn't necessarily mean that um, if you stink at AAA, you're going to stink in the pros. Like, it, it's not a hard and fast correlation. But um, there is something to be said for Since it. Since we have a little time, I wanted to bring this up with you because this is on my mind. With the, with the NL Central... First, I'd smother myself with brown mustard and relish. <laughs> I'd be so delicious. <laughs> Why don't you play the whole thing? <laughs> it's, it's like a three-minute sketch. Like, so, I can't... Oh, better hairy than us, right? No, I... No. I I just every time I'm gonna talk. Oh wait, text just came in on the. Uh, Hi everybody, Harry Carey here. Yeah, what's the text? It is uh, from Hop from Nina mm-hmm. on the Cease Electronics Talk and Text Studio line. Is Teddy Higuera available to pitch? Aren't they uh, still paying his salary from the '90s? Keep the Will Ferrell imitating Harry Carey. Tremendous. <laughs> I mean. This, if this was a here poll, we go. Qu- here we go. This if is- this was a poll question, it would be a hundred percent right now. Harry Carey has some thoughts on on Teddy Higuera. On, no, on Hop saying that that he's a fan of it. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. <laughs> Way to go, Hop. Harry, here's, here's if if we're resorting to Teddy Higuera, we might as well just do this. You know what? I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's just keep praying that we can clone one of these hot dogs. <laughs> Are these things like marked so you know what they're? Yeah. Is it like your yeah. own board over yeah, here? Yeah, it is. I oh, got okay. I got three boards going on. That's so I got okay, I got four boards going on. I I have um I have this board going on. Hook, line, and sinker. I have this board going on. Hey, what's going on? I have this board going on. <laughs> and of course, this board going on as well. Oops. Oh, what the heck? Maybe you only have three boards. No, I got four. Well, where the heck is it? What's the fourth board? That one. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Okay. The 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 bell with uh, Mrs. Bulky. Okay. (laughs) So anyway, back to my kind of a point question. I'm going to throw at you. 
with the NL Central being where where it's at right now, not not exactly uh, the best division in baseball. The Brewers are up in first place. Is it maybe time just to say, hey, this is uh, ours for the taking? Let's go out and make some moves. Maybe move a few prospects and get some guys that can help out right now. Would you do something like that, Bulky? <laughs> Definitely not. Definitely not. Why I mean, not? The thing is, like you're you're you you just want to keep it close and have a chance till late in the year, right? So you're not going to trade prospects and and rob Peter to pay Paul when you should be getting back Brandon Woodruff for the beginning of the second half of the season. You should be getting back Wade Miley at some point. Um and and um Will you, you know, still be in first place at that but point? But you don't have to be. That's my point. Well, you just gotta no. be close. You got you have to be Although close. Mike Keller said that it, once the Cardinals are within three games, it it's like they're All in bets first are place. Off, no, he said it's like they're in first place. And I'm <laughs> like, no, it's not. It's like they're three games out of first place. But whatever. Oh, those Cardinals. They just have a way. They do have and, a way. And I love the fact they didn't pitch to Aaron Idol in the uh, walking him to load the bases in you know the ninth what, inning. You know what, Tim Allen? Brilliant move. Brilliant. Tim Allen, who you hear on the Steve Zabin show and, and Drew and KB. Both uh, our winners yesterday, Tim and Allen, wasn't it? Uh, yes, that's true. <laughs> Tim and Kimberly, Allen and Kakana. Um, Tim Allen said that he thought it was just a frustration thing after Joey Weimer committed that error in that would have ended the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, he let Devin Williams get out, get out some frustration pitches, and then once it got to 2-0, like, okay, now we're going to walk him. You know, shed that, move on, let's get this next guy out and end the game. Yeah, don't let him beat you he, because he has been beating him. He has been, and uh, we're already behind the schedule. We're beating ourselves. Let's get to it. Excuse me, Flo. Flo <laughs> <laughs> like the TV show. <laughs> Uh, what is the soup du jour? It's the soup of the day. Mm, that sounds good. I'll have that. Let's see what's on today's sports menu. It's a little chilly out there today, Score Squad. What a perfect day for a stout and a hearty, spicy, tenderloin Philly sandwich from our good friends at Tanner's Grill and Bar West. This has tenderloin tips, which are fantastic from... You, you've had the uh, chef's tips, same thing, really. Indeed. Mushrooms, onions, jalapenos, banana peppers, pepper jack cheese on a hoagie. With your choice of side, you can upgrade to a bowl of chili if you're still feeling chili. And then they have a, what is it, a lake uh, lake lube? I, the can's turned sideways. I can't read it. It's a lake L.O. something brewing. Uh, moon. Lake Louie, mood milk stout. There it is. There it is. That's what I was looking for. You have to turn the can just a little bit uh, more to the left when you're taking those picks. Anyway, yeah, stop by uh, Tanner's Grill. Yeah, advice, Yeah, 110 South Nicolay Road in Appleton. Coming up on today's show, more great Wisconsin Cheese Festival tickets to give away. Two giveaways today, Bulky? If the listeners are good, yes. Well, if they're if good. If not. <laughs> Motor Racing Network analyst, NASCAR analyst. Alex Hayden will join us, 1265 today. A pro football fail. We'll talk crew with Mr. Bruce. It's Matt Carroll. He'll join us a little later in the program. Score poll coming up. Bucket up. Why Monty's the man? Is this for me? It's just for the listeners. Oh, it's, it's just it's just uh, something I think that Bear's talking about, given the recent reports that the Bucks are going to go hard after Monty Williams. I agree with that. I think, it's, I think he's going to end up being the man. Why did the Green Bay coordinate? What is this the guy the, you're sure of that's going to be hired, but you don't want him to 
I no, I want Monty. Oh, you did? Monty Williams. Who's the guy? I thought there was a guy that you thought he was going to be the next head coach, but you didn't want the Bucks. That was Nick him. Nurse. I thought it was somebody else. Okay, yeah, moving on. Why did Green Bay co- – no, what did Green Bay coordinators say? We'll tell you. Pisaccia, Barry, and Stenovich. We have interesting quotes from all three of them that we, that we are going to dissect today. Some Excellent. of them delusional, in my opinion. Some of them interesting. Some of them thought-provoking, but all Packers-related. <laughs> okay. And then we'll finish up the week with Tailgate Talk with Richard from Nima's Southside Market. And then we're going to play Craft Beer and Indie Band. If you missed yesterday's show, that has been extended for a uh, several more weeks. So we're going to keep yeah, on but, doing but it. But still, like, like, the urgency to win is now. We don't, if you have one in the last 30 days, don't call. That's true. Well, that can't. I wonder, like Ken, I wonder if Ken's eligible now. I think he might be. I don't think. Think of all the possibilities. Yeah. Imagine. We how, are. How many weeks have we been doing this now? Like four or five? Was this he, will be the fifth week, I think. Was he one of the first? I think he two? was the first. Okay, then he, then he would be I eligible. I think he is. I think he is. All right, well, we'll have to. Uh, how do we verify that? Isn't it in... Uh, I was going to say our, promo, our, yeah. promo suite, no, but we no, don't have that no, anymore. No, we got. There's got to be a way from Spark. Is it? Sp- there's got to be a way to check in Spark Media, to to do it. But I don't know. I'll, I'll see if I can mess around with it during a break uh, coming up here. But before that, there's this. Yes, you are correct, sir. Happy birthday to the original drummer for Yes, Bill Bruford, born on this date in 1948. He was the drummer from 68 to 72 before joining King Crimson. Also the touring drummer for Genesis in 1976 and uh, UK in 1978. Bill Bruford, 74 years young today. How about a little uh, Herling Clark Law Firm traffic update before we uh, get to our next topic? No obstacles, no incidents on all major highways between Fond du Lac and Green Bay. That is your Herling Clark Law Firm traffic update. I don't know if Bill Bruford's a fan of cheese. Hmm. Well, he's the owner of a broken heart, I can tell you that. He is the owner of a broken heart. A lonely heart. Owner of a lonely heart. Owner of a lonely heart right. is better than a broken owner heart. of a broken heart. Yeah. There you go. Broken heart you can't fix. We can fix the problem that you might have if you don't have Great Wisconsin Cheese Festival Ooh, yeah. tickets yet, though. If you want to call in right now, we're going to give you a four-pack of Tickets to Cheese Fest at Doyle Park and Little Shoot, June 2nd and 3rd, coming up here pretty quick, less than three weeks away. Yes. Uh, 920-281-1570, 920-281-1570, Give us a buzz right now if you want a four-pack of tickets to the Great Wisconsin Cheese Festival. Leo, what caller should Caller number four. Caller number four it is. The Motor Racing Network analyst, NASCAR analyst, Alex Hayden. He'll join us next. Peso. I spent a month there one night. <laughs> it's time to get one of the hood and out of the trash. Alex Hayden's here to talk racing. Brought to you by Road America in Elkhart Lake. For a full schedule of events, visit RoadAmerica.com. Get your tickets now as the NASCAR Xfinity Series returns to Wisconsin's Road America in Elkhart Lake. From July 27th 
through the 29th. The Porsche Carrera Cup will also be featured for even more racing fun in an amazing affordable weekend of family fun with camping, food, racing, and more. Kids 16 and under get in free with a paid adult. Come for the experience. Stay for the race. Get your tickets today at RoadAmerica.com. Road America, your national park of speed. Now joining the program from the Motor Racing Network, Mr. Alex Hayden. Alex, how are you today? <laughs> I'm doing well. Nice, dramatic pause. I like that. Uh, doing well. How are things up there in Wisconsin? We are fantastic. Right, Bulky? Yeah, snow is shoveled. Everything's great. It's it's a good Only time. Only six inches of snow today. Not bad. Yeah. Not bad. Although we do, we are in a <laughs> frost advisory here for the next uh, couple of uh, hours. So. I'll get nine holes in later yeah, this exactly. afternoon. Exactly. Yes. Got to love it. Uh, you know what else you have to love? is uh, the Darlington Spring Race, which we saw this weekend, the Goodyear 400. Now, last year in this race, Joey Logano executed that bump and run on William Byron and cost that number 24 driver his first win at the Lady in Black, but he's not going to be denied this year. He's the Goodyear 400 champ and the first three-time winner on the young season. If you remember last week, Alex, I, I made the sentimental pick of, of Happy Harvick to win this race, and he came up just short. He was the runner-up. Why do you think he just wasn't able to close the gap on Byron after that overtime restart on lap 294? I, I just think it's a matter of he just didn't get the lane he wanted to restart in. Uh, when you're when you're second, you get to choose second on which lane to restart. Obviously, Byron chose the the preferred line and made the most of it. But you know, how about William Byron? He's running third before the big dust up between Chastain and Larson. It looked like Byron was going to settle for a top five finish, maybe even a top three finish. Lo and behold, it goes off into turn one. The two in front of him take each other out. Byron's going to win the race. So I guess sometimes uh, it's better to be lucky than good, right? It kind of, yeah. Although I will say, and I, I watched his post-game, or post-game, post-race uh, interview, and he said that he actually lost his uh, his grandfather on, I believe it was Thursday of last week. And so his family wasn't yeah. there to, to celebrate with them. So it's kind of a weird thing. It's like, you're jacked that you won, and, and you can dedicate it to your grandfather, but you couldn't celebrate with your family because they're, they're tending to family stuff. So, obviously, uh, thoughts and prayers go out to William Byron's family, but a tremendous race and a guy who's who's been pretty good all season. I mean, he had, a, he had a little bit of a lull towards, I think it was the end of April, or maybe it was early May. He had a little bit of a lull there. But, man, he's he's been as good as anybody this season, Alex. Rock solid. He really has. And since last year when they brought Rudy Fugel in to be his crew chief, uh, it's just been magic. It really has. They, they kind of captured what they used to have when they back uh, ran the truck series full time. And Rudy Fugel was his crew chief. Obviously, Byron goes on to Hendrick Motorsports. Rudy stays at then Kyle Busch Motorsports to continue to win some races there. But when it was time to make a crew chief change, they asked William, what do you think? He goes, go get my buddy Rudy. Uh, they have a chemistry that's undeniable. So Rick Hendricks said, all right, let's 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 go get him. And they made him the offer. Rudy Fugel jumped on it, and here they are winning races. And, and William Byron's having the best stretch of his NASCAR career, period. It, it, it is really interesting and fun to see how this has all been a, a progression. Sometimes when you just know each other and you understand one another, Rudy understands what William Byron needs in a race car, and, and William knows how to convey what he needs to his crew chief to make the the adjustment. So it's just a magical chemistry combination. You, you think about Jeff Gordon and Ray Evernham, they had that same type of thing. Jimmy Johnson, Chad Knauss. Well, here's William Byron and Rudy Fugel now who have that same type of chemistry. 
you know, I was watching this race and it looked like Martin Truex was just going to cruise uh, the whole way. The first half of the race, I mean, I think it was 145 laps um, that, that he led all together. And he wins the first stage. The second stage, he was going hard trying to get that stage win with, with Ross Chastain. He, he spins out into the apron. Um, but even before that, uh, right at the end of stage two, it seemed like his car started fading. Obviously, gave up the lead to Chastain, too. What happened with Truex's number 19 Camry? You know, I was the same way. You watch the first 150 laps of that race, and it's like, okay, Martin Truex Jr. has gone and built a woodshed to take the field to it. But I think the, the equivalent is, is he told them to go pick their own switch, and they came back with a shotgun. Um, and that's just kind of how it worked out. I think it's a matter of he and James Small just didn't make the necessary adjustments to continue with the changing track conditions. It was hot. It was humid. Uh, the, the track was slip slippery and 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 they just didn't make the necessary adjustments like a lot of the competition did the competition got better throughout the race for the most part whereas truex just kind of stayed level par his lap times didn't drop much from what he was dominating early in the race they just didn't get better and i think that's all it was they just got beat on adjustments Alex Hayden from the Motor Racing Network joining us here on the show with Leo and Balky. 26 minutes past the top of the hour. Follow Alex on Twitter at the Alex Hayden. It was the third time this season that Ross Chastain and Kyle Larson got involved in a wreck. Larson and his crew chief, uh, Cliff Daniels, obviously had some choice words about the situation, about Chastain over the radio. But I, I think what 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 was most compelling to me in this whole situation is Rick Hendrick actually addressing this after the race. I'll read the Rick Hendrick quote. I don't care if he's driving a Chevrolet, if he wrecks our cars, I don't care. And I told Chevrolet that if you wreck us, you're going to get it back. If you don't do it, they'll run all over you. I'm loyal to Chevrolet, but when somebody runs over us, then I expect my guys to hold their ground. I'm not going to ask them to yield just because of Chevrolet. Now, this stuff between Chastain and Larson, to me, seems far from over. And obviously, because of the all-star race, a non-points race that we're going to see Sunday night, and obviously, listen to you, we're probably not going to see any fireworks until at least Charlotte, right? I think so. And I think, quite honestly, for the most part, it is over with, believe it or not. Because Chevrolet had a stern talk with Trackhouse team owner Justin Marks and said, hey, man, we're providing you the financial, technical, and, and everything that comes with this. Uh, you're wrecking all of our other good stuff. We need, to, we need to tone this down just a bit. So Justin Marks had a difficult conversation with his driver, Ross Chastain, that uh, they need to tone things down just a bit. It's kind of like racehorsing in a way because it, it, it's hard to make a racehorse run fast. But it's a little easier when you got one that's a bit wild and fast to just kind of pull the reins in just a bit. And I think that's what we've got with Ross Chastain. And I will go on record, point blank, and say, I don't think he does anything wrong. He races hard. Mm -hmm. And you got to love him for that. But on that same token, there's some politics that need to be played. And when you're getting the same money and the same support from your manufacturer of some of the cars you're getting into, that's going to create some issues and it's going to ruffle some feathers. So you have to kind of tone it down just a bit. I think it's going to be over because Chastain now is on alert from the manufacturer and you need that support right now. Uh, so I think Chastain's going to roll out of the throttle just a bit on some of these instances. To me, it, it kind of stinks because it's entertaining and he's racing hard and that's what people pay their hard-earned money to go see or drivers race hard. The, the, the thing about it that baffles me in all of this is the prior, before the crash happened, the prior deal when the crash happened just behind him with, with Martin Truex Jr., 
Larson was on the inside of Chastain in the exact same spot where they wrecked the next restart, and, and Larson ran Chastain into the wall. So why is Larson and Rick Hendrick getting mad that Chastain did the same thing to them on the next side? Right. I think Chastain's had so many run-ins with so many different people. It's easy to point the finger, and it's easy to kind of run that court of public opinion that if there's some kind of contact, it's fault because it's happened so many times already. The, the difference is now is when you get the manufacturer involved, that, that gets everybody's attention. Bottom line, though, is Chastain races hard, and he proved at Kansas that if you don't like it and you go confront him about it, you might get a little poke in the snot box. <laughs> Alex, do you think uh, if Rick Hendrick – and I don't know the order of what, what happened – but do you think that if Rick Hendrick wouldn't would not have a, addressed like when he was answering the questions um, after the race on Sunday about Ross Chastain, do you think if he wouldn't have said anything about it or just moved on that Chevrolet still would have had that conversation with Justin Marks from Trackhouse? Yes, I do. I still think so because I think Rick Hendrick would have made sure that conversation would have been had, and I still think Rick Hendrick tells his drivers, "Look, don't yield to Chastain. Race him hard." but don't yield to him anymore. If he's going to create some issues, don't be afraid to lay the bumper to him. So I think, I think these things would have still happened, but he was, Rick was directly asked in a media availability about it, and he answered it truthfully and honestly. So I, I, I commend Rick Hendrick. He's an NASCAR Hall of Famer, uh, and for very good reason. He answered the question, and it just made it public. Now everybody knows what's going on. So to me, again, it's, it's, it's polarizing because I'll tell you the, the truth, and it catches me off guard now, especially Sunday at Darlington in front of a packed house, driver introductions. Fans let you know who their favorite is, and they let you know who they hate. And, and they aren't afraid to be vocal, and they're not afraid to, to give you the old one-finger salute, too, at driver intros. When they introduced Ross Chastain, he got the biggest cheer of anybody, <laughs> including popular driver Chase Elliott. So clearly the race fans are now on board with Ross Chastain and the way he races. It, 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 like I say, I'm, I'm kind of baffled that they're trying to handcuff him just a bit, but I understand the politics behind it. I think this will be something that is somewhat temporary, but when we go off into Phoenix to race for a championship, if Chastain's in that position, he's going to race hard. He's going to do whatever he can. He's being paid to win races. He's being paid to be a points leader, which he is. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's the points leader. He runs at the front of the field more times than not. So it, it's hard to get mad at somebody who's aggressive when they're actually running at the front of the field. Yeah, I mean, he, th this is this is where you want to be. You want to be in first place in the points. His racing style has got him there. If he does tamper it down a little bit, we'll have to see uh, what how that affects him as far as his finishes going forward in the Cup Series races. Now, Alex, I, I, I want to be perfectly clear. There are a lot of things in my life that I'd like to do in theory, but when I have the chance to do it, <laughs> I never would. One of those things is something you got to do for I don't know how many times you've done it, but... You got to ride in the Goodyear blimp this past week. Yeah. Again, sounds like something I'd love to do in theory. I don't, I'm not scared of heights, but I don't like them. What was that experience like being up in the Goodyear blimp on that ride? Yeah, that was my third time going up. For the folks at Goodyear are just outstanding. Um, I've been up over Daytona Beach, which is outstanding, and then out of, in Phoenix, out over the desert and in the mountains there. You know, it, it's it's so unique, and if anybody's flown in an airplane, okay, that's great, all well and good. But this is a blimp, and you're just hanging underneath this giant balloon that is indeed filled with helium. Uh, it's got three engines on it, and you take off, and you kind of 
putter right along about 35 to 40 miles per hour. There are windows in, in the, uh, the cabin. It holds about eight people plus two pilots. But there are windows, so you can just open the window and kind of hang your elbow out like you're driving down the freeway. Um, I can't even. I'm, ha- I'm having like anxiety just listening to this right now. <laughs> it it is nuts. It really is. Um, the only thing is, if if you get motion sick, then you could have a problem because again, it is a big balloon. Basically, um, it, 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 the best way to describe it, if there is any kind of breeze, which in Darlington uh, Thursday when we did it, there was about a 15 mile an hour wind. It, it makes it feel like you're out on the on a boat in some pretty choppy water, so it's constantly rocking and moving side to side. So if you get motion sick and it's a breezy day, it may not be for you. Outside of that, it's spectacular because you hardly hear the engines because you're under this gigantic balloon, and you're just kind of cruising along about 40 miles an hour with the elbow hanging out the window, uh, it, about 1,000 feet off the ground. It, it is really an amazing experience. You know what? If we're going to have the blimp anywhere up there around you guys, we're going to have to make it, set it up where you guys get on that thing. I will have to be heavily drugged. You're going to you're gonna have to Mr. T me, basically, <laughs> if I'm going to get up in that thing. Um, south From South Carolina to uh, North Carolina this week as the Cup Series rolls in uh, to North Wilkesboro Speedway. Yes, I, that is – I'm not uh, misspeaking. First time in 27 years that the, the Cup Series is going to be there for the All-Star Race. That, that makes you know making our guesses or our predictions here, Alex, that much more difficult. When the last time the Cup Series was there, I think Jeff Gordon won, and most of the drivers were in, in grade school. And so it's it's tough to say who's going to be good and who's not. I, I know Kyle Larson's a small favorite. That, to me, suggests that, that the odds makers are just saying, okay, well, we don't know what to expect. Let's just install you know who we believe is the best driver as the favorite. I'm going to... Shrug my shoulders here. I'm going to pick uh, reigning Cup Series champ Joey Logano to win. What are you expecting to see Sunday night? Yeah, who knows? Um, and you're right about these drivers being young. And heck, there's five all-star drivers that are in the main event who were not even born when we last raced there. One of them being William Byron. So that, that'll make you feel good. Um, but, yeah, so it's been nearly 27 years. I think the odds makers like – Kyle Larson, because of this particular rules package okay. and the last couple of short tracks, he's been good. Um, so I think it's a fair pick. I love the Logano pick because it seems like every track we go to for the first time, Logano is the guy that wins it. Um, so there is going to be something about that to be said as well. Uh, that being said, this is an old asphalt surface. Uh, it, it was last paved in 1981. Uh, so that's just kind of mind-boggling in itself. They were supposed to run late models there last night. They they had to postpone that to today because the track was coming apart with late model practice yesterday. So I'm highly concerned, A, that we get the race off in time, <laughs> and B, with these big, heavy stock cars, how are they going to do on an old, worn-out surface? Tires are going to go away in a hurry. It's going to be about slipping and sliding, to me, that kind of screams the guys you mentioned, Logano. It screams Larson, but it also, to me, screams Kyle Busch because he's one yeah. of the best as, as far as car control. So, to me, it's going to be who can be the best car control guy on worn-out tires kind of slipping and sliding all over the place. 
We love slipping and sliding through the NASCAR Cup Series, Truck Series, Xfinity Series each and every Wednesday here with Alex Hayden from the Motor Racing Network. Follow him on Twitter at the Alex Hayden. Alex, I know you got a busy weekend with uh, with MRN Radio and everything going on with the All Star festivities. Have a great call, not only for the All Star Race, the All Star Open, everything that you guys are doing this weekend. It's going to be great. Good luck to you. Thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Be well, guys. Thank you, Alex Hayden at. The Alex Hayden on Twitter from the Motor Racing Network course, MRN Radio, the voice of NASCAR. Guests on the score are brought to you by Fleet Farm. Visit fleetfarm.com. Fleet Farm, built for real life. You ever Can we get you up in the Goodyear blimp, Leo? No, but I know this. When we get Alex Hayden to Appleton, we're taking him to Scuba's Poorhouse. Absolutely. Home of the Ranchalada Wings, outstanding Friday Night Fish featuring the Blackened Trio, which I had last Friday, Pan Fried Haddock, Perch, Canadian Walleye. Scuba's has pizza. You can build your own or try one of the Awesome specialty pizzas like Bulky's two favorites, the McScuba and the Ranch McScuba currently my favorite now. One A and one B. One A and one B, yes. Happy hour every day from 11 until 6. Enjoy watching all your favorite sports on one of its uh, 24 high-def TVs. Great bar seats, totally comfortable. See their full menu and upcoming events on their Facebook page or scubasporehouse.com or just stop by and see them. 1309 East Wisconsin Avenue in Appleton. I know this one. This hold, is on, I- hold on, hold on, hold on. I got breaking news, Leo. Oh, so do I. Brought to you by Northside and Kruger. Wonder if ours is the same. It's not. How uh, do you know? The Ranchalada Pizza, now my new favorite. Okay. Just, just surpassed McScuba. Breaking. All right, I, we, I also here. have breaking news. I got breaking news, Leo. Scuba. Brought to you by Northside and Kruger's True Value Hardware. Here's Leo Kuyper. Our friend Scuba attending the T-Rats game today. Oh, yeah. They have a uh, new player, new catcher. Matthew Wood okay. was promoted to high A, and he uh, reached base twice in his debut. All right. Fantastic. You know who else is at the game? Uh, the odds maker and OMG. You're close. The Commish and Commish Jr. Oh. are at the game today, okay. this afternoon. Is Paul Diano at the game? Uh, he is not. He is, he it's got to be his birthday pa- because you're playing this song by Iron Maiden, Rick, and not, not a Bruce Dickinson song, that, no. Paul Diano song. You know me too well. Okay. Paul Diano is celebrating his 65th birthday today. Paul's getting up there. He is. He's quite heavy, too, if you check out the live footage of, uh, I think they wheel him out in a wheelchair, oh, and he, that's and no he good. sings this. Uh, it's a lot of drinking and drugs. He so. was the first. Stay vo- away from that stuff, kids. Exactly, yes. First vocalist to record with the heavy metal band Iron Maiden from 78 to 81. He's had actually had numerous albums over the years, both as a solo artist and a member of such bands such as... Gog Magog. Ooh, Gog Magog. Diano's Battle Zone. Praying Mantis. Killers. And Rockfellas. Okay, Iron Maiden had an album named Killers, too. How about that? Interesting. Does this say Kevin song? Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Glad we got that. And Nico screwed up the lyrics. We are going. He says, spend my money, drink my beer. (laughs) Has nothing to do with that. (laughs) That's the way he sings it, though. What we're going to do here is pivot. Pivot. I want to um, go right to Matt Carroll. Let's do you. We're not going to do football. Uh, we'll, 1265 we'll get to 1265 today. today at some point. We're just running late. Yeah, yeah. let's uh, talk some through with Mr. Bruce when we come back. Thomas. And a fly ball to right center field. It's headed towards the gap and down. Extra bases for Willie Adamas. It's an automatic double, and the Brewers will take a 1-0 lead. That was a great at-bat by Willie Adamas, especially with the struggles that he's been going through to have a six-pitch at-bat like Adamas. 
It is talking Cruise with Mr. Cruz. Bulky anxiously awaiting the opening of the brand new location. Been following it on uh, Facebook with the photos. Yeah. Have, they have not announced a date yet. But it looks close. It's really, looks really getting close. Getting closer and closer, yes. They, they're probably just moving a lot of stuff. I th- that's kind of what I'm thinking. Beer. But the new location is at W5725 Highway KK. It is Appleton. The site of the old Darboy Club. Yes. And that is there anything else in that uh, strip? I, no, I have not, uh, not driven by it in some time. But I'll tell you what. You know who else appreciates a good craft beer? And we'd love to take them there. Matt Carroll. From reviewing the brew and the cold brew podcast at MKE Matt 13 on Twitter. It's our Milwaukee Brewers analyst, Matt Carroll. You love your, your craft beer. I saw you took, you had a photo of uh, the Mobcraft uh, fish fry rye the other day. I do love a good craft beer. You're right. Yeah. And that one was super, super good. Um, pretty light, um, but had a little bit of that little kind of German forward taste. To right. It. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good to mix with. Is it your. Profile pic on Twitter? Oh, is it really? You with a with a craft beer? Uh, I think my profile pic is with my wife. But you yeah, know, it okay. is. It is. All yeah. right, yeah. I, I take that back. The one that Bulky <laughs> posed from like uh, ten years ago. All of our pics. Is he got, he's got yeah. a craft beer in that one? I, I think he does. I can't I'm, tell. I'm basing it up. I was just checking okay. to see if you posted Matt yet, but you haven't. Yeah, that fish fry rye. Like so many of my friends have had it. I have never had it, but I think it's it's coming back to Appleton. So I'm I'm excited to to try that one for the first time. I'm also excited for Leo to talk a little Brewers baseball with you. Given the talent, was it the right move for the Brewers to DFA Gus Varland? I was a little surprised by it. I'm not going to lie. Um, you know, I know it was one blow up that he had, but coming into it, he had his, he had a pretty low ERA at sub three ERA. Um, if you do look at some of his performances, maybe there was a little luck involved. I know he had uh, quite a bit of outings where he would give up walks and hits, but still get out of it scoreless. So maybe they saw a little bit of that. Um, so yeah, in the end, I guess a little bit surprising, but at the same time, it's showing that, you know, Craig council has got a little bit shorter of a leash for some of the guys in the bullpen this season. And I don't necessarily know that that's a bad thing. You know, last year they kind of rode with some guys for a little bit longer than they maybe should have. Um, Trevor Kelly is one guy who came to mind who, you know, just never was dominant last year, but they kept bringing him up and giving him outings. But I don't know that they had a lot of better options at the time. They've added that depth. We've talked about it before. Um, throughout the off season. And then, you know, even with some of the transactions they've made during the season. And it seems like council is pretty committed to finding that right mix. And if you're not going to pull your weight for long enough, then he's going to try and find someone who will. We saw it with Guerra, who is DFA. You know, he, he wasn't performing great, but he also didn't get, like I said, a very long leash. And then Varland, you know, didn't either. And and I get it. You know, it was always going to be a little bit of a risk. A Rule Five draftee having them make it through an entire season is pretty rare. Um, but I thought he had shown enough to where he would maybe get a, a few more chances, but he didn't. And that bullpen needs to be. They've got some really good guys there, and they're doing a lot better than last year. But he wants that from top to bottom to perform at higher expectations. And if you're not going to do that, then he's going to find someone else who will. So. I, I honestly can't totally argue with it. Wade Miley leaves last night's game essentially five outs into it with a lat strain. Adam McCalvey already tweeting out that he will be headed to the injured list. How serious do you think this uh, injury is? 
And who do you expect to see the Brewers call up? Is it Colin Ray? Is it Jansen Junk? Is it Robert Gosser? Is it somebody else? Um, it's it's got to be at least a little bit serious for them to you know have say he's going injured list without even getting his MRI yet. So, you know, I, I imagine we're looking at 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 least a few weeks of an absence here, as opposed to come who's coming up. I think first off, I think Eric Lauer gets bounced right back into the rotation. You know, he got moved to the bullpen to kind of reset himself a little bit. Looked pretty good. Uh, he did give up a couple home runs late in the outing. But honestly, that's, you know, even with that, that if he were starting that game, that's an outing that you take. Um, his velocity that we had talked about earlier in the season had been coming back up. He said it was more of he needs to get his, you know, kind of mechanics set right again. But, you know, he looked good in that outing. Maybe I think he just they bounce him right back in because that's uh, the easiest move. And then I do think it's Colin Ray probably comes up probably a little bit easier. He's already on the 40 man. Um, I I think, you know, you could go with Jansen Junk, maybe give him another shot. But based off of the fact that Ray and Lauer pitched on the same day when Lauer came in for him, that means Ray would already potentially be lined up for the next time they might need him which is probably going to be next week when they have a stretch of 10 games in 10 days. They might have to go to a sixth starter, and that's when you maybe see that extra, like, Ray or coming back, uh, someone like that coming back in. But if they move Lauer back up, you've already got your five with Adrian Hauser still being in the rotation. Um, And I think overall that's probably really what they end up doing. Christian Yelich has hit the ball the opposite way more than any other year in his career. So has this been the driving force in his recent uptick in his production? Probably it has a little bit to do with it. Um, you know, he's he's hitting the ball hard. Um, he's finally starting to elevate a little bit more recently. He's got that long chain goal going a little bit higher. So I think that has as much to do with it. Um, but he seems more comfortable going the other way um i had seen someone point out on twitter and i don't think they were totally wrong that some of the times when he's gone the other way you know gone a little bit opposite field heavy it's almost been a little bit more defensive um because when he would try and pull the ball you wouldn't have the results well now he seems to be having the results as well you know he's pulling balls for home runs he's pulling down the line when he needs to but then you know when he's going opposite field it's it's because he's taking the right pitch to that field, not just doing it to try and stay alive or anything like that. I think it's a little bit of a combination of both of those things with him, you know, kind of using all fields, which he's done well, but it's just his proportions are a little bit different. Um, but also he seems just recently, we're talking month of May, um, a little bit more comfortable elevating when he needs to, and not just turning that into fly balls. His strikeout rate is kind of still within the same realm as it's been a little bit lower. His walk rate's actually, you know, quite a bit lower than it's been recently. Um, but whatever it is he's doing, it has uh, turned into some really good May results. And it, for them to get back on track, kind of start looking like themselves again, they need Yelich to continue doing this. Whether it's in the leadoff spot or that fourth spot, kind of like we talked about last week, whichever spot council's going to put him in, just keep doing what you're doing because even halfway back to MVP Yelich is going to be huge for the Brewers offensive prospects, especially as some of these guys have you know gotten a little cold right about now. 
You listen to his voice on the Cold Brew Podcast anywhere you get podcasts, including the scorewi.com. You read his work at reviewingthebrew.com. You follow him on Twitter at MKEMAT13. He is Matt Carroll. Joining us on the show with Leo and Balky here, eight minutes until the top of the hour on the Cease Electronic phone lines, that is. Matt Carroll, he has struggled offensively so far this season. You could even say he's been swing or miss, or I guess hit or miss, as it were. But Joey Weimer's defense has been uh, pretty good this season, even after he had that little blip uh, in center field last night. Not enough people are talking about how good he's been, right? He has been outstanding. Um, Wrote about him last week and how, you know, he's comparing with some of the guys that you've heard their names as super strong MLB defenders in the outfield for years now. You know, Kevin Kiermaier, Jackie Bradley Jr., um, guys like that who, you know, we've seemingly been seeing on Sports Center highlight reels for for years and years, Weimer uh, had tied both of those two in outs above average in the outfield, um, up until the point that uh, I was looking at for the article. Um, he was right around the same area in defensive runs saved in the outfield. Um, he uh, there was one that I hadn't thrown in that um, ultimate zone rating, which kind of you know um, defensive stats are a little tough to uh, navigate sometimes, but it essentially is you know how often he's getting to. Uh, balls to make the outs and he actually was rated well above a lot of the other players um, in the league he he's we always knew he had a cannon for an arm and we always knew he was a pretty good defender but you know it's hard to really see just how good they are in the minors when you're not getting to see those televised games all the time now we're, we're getting to see it with Milwaukee you can see he he just looks like a natural up there center field right field wherever you put him he is just outstanding and that is something that is super important to the brewers up strong up the middle defense you think about the center fielders they've had over the years lorenzo kane jackie bradley jr despite what we got from him offensively and garrett mitchell at the end of last year and the beginning of this year all very very strong defenders it is something that the brewers value and basically require out there and they seem to have no issue moving right to weimer when mitchell got hurt and now you can see why. He is an elite defender. Matt, you mentioned earlier you think Eric Lauer will be back in the rotation after the, after the injury to Miley. Now, do you think he's got to figure it figured out after a, a strong uh, bull, bullpen work uh, a few nights ago? He's got to be a little bit closer, right? I mean, I know you approach things maybe a little bit different as a reliever versus as a starter, but he did – pitch a lot of innings in that game and so you know I think maybe he did actually approach it the same way he would as he would out of the rotation I it was unfortunate to see him kind of struggling but again like he had two years worth of solid track record for the Brewers that kind of led me to believe he just he just needed to get his mind straight especially once that velocity can't started coming back I, it was odd to see that he was still struggling even once he started throwing you know closer to as hard as he's used to but I, I kind of wondered whether, you know, was he overcompensating for the loss in velocity by, you know, changing up his mechanics a little bit to try and ensure that he'd still be able to be getting guys out? I don't know. Maybe that carried over then after he got his velocity back. Um, Brewers pitching development is fantastic. We've got a great pitching coach in Chris Hook. They know how to work with their guys and get the best results out of them. And so, it was probably just a matter of kind of looking at Lauer a little bit differently than they normally have to and getting him back to those basics. So it was encouraging to see in his most recent outing that he looked a lot more 
like normal. It, it, is it just one outing that all it, all it's going to have taken for him to get back to normal? I guess we'll see. But um, I still have faith that he is going to be good this season, even if he has just a little bit more struggles to work through. I, I'm good with him being back in the rotation. It, for the Brewers to be successful, they need him as a solid starting pitcher for them. Uh, as far as the Bloxy Shuckers go, they crushed it last night, and especially because of Jackson Churio and catcher Jefferson Cuero. Now, we talk a lot about uh, Churio, but how do you think Cuero is going to figure into the Brewers' plans? When is he going to come up, given that the Brewers have a very team-friendly contract with William Contreras right now? They do. If things worked the absolute like best-case scenario, you see him in the majors next season when Victor Caratini's contract runs out because he becomes a free agent after this, this season. Caro's young. That is pretty aggressive for a player of his age. But in the fact that he's already killing it again at double a now, um, and you know, this is his first shot there and he started a little bit slow and then just is now blazing hot in three homers last night. Um, if he continues to show that level of performance at double A, maybe you get him in triple A halfway through the season. And if he shows he can handle triple A, I don't think it's impossible to think that he could be, you know, the backup to Contreras next season. I think it's more likely maybe further into next season is when you see him make his debut. But I think if you're a Brewers fan and you're dreaming of, you know, the backstops of the future, it's Contreras and Carroll. That should be the duo that Brewers fans get to see for years. How fast it happens, I don't know. I guess we'll see. It's like I said, it'll depend on if he can maintain what he's doing at double A. And then if he does get the call up to triple A this year, if he can compete the way he's supposed to there. Um, I don't think it's a 0% chance you could see him start out the year there next year. It would be a little aggressive, but that's what I'm hoping for. Because he is like, he's very likely to be a top 100 prospect by the end of this season. I'd be very surprised if he wasn't. The Cardinals will roll out another lefty in Matthew Libertor to face the crew tonight. He was a little shaky in the majors last season, but he did have a solid performance against the crew. How long do you think he can hang with uh, Corbin Burns tonight? Um, You know, I, it's funny because I was excited about the Corbin Burns-Adam Wainwright matchup that we were going to get tonight. <laughs> The way the Brewers hit lefties, this might be end up being even more of a pitcher's duel. Um, looking back to last season's outing, it was actually one of those super frustrating Brewers offense games because um, eight of the nine players in the starting lineup actually ended up getting on base at least once. The only one who didn't was Andrew McCutcheon. And the Brewers had a runner, at least one runner on base in eight of the nine innings, and they still only came away with three runs. You know, one of those games that... Bruce fans have complained about for years in terms of offensive results. So they did get to him a little bit. They just couldn't cash in. So maybe if they do a little bit better, they've got players this season like Owen Miller who are doing much better against lefties than the you know lineups they rolled out in that sense last season. Maybe they can get to him a little bit. That combined with the fact that, you know, again, he's had kind of some rough MLB results for his career so far, it's possible, but yeah, like I said, we might be in for a pitcher's duel, and that'll be an interesting way to end a series with the Cardinals. 
To learn more, go to reviewingthebrew.com. Listen to the Cold Brew Podcast anywhere you get podcasts, including thescorewi.com. Follow Matt on Twitter at mkemat 13 Matt Carroll, thank you so much for joining the show today. We will be back on with our regular scheduled time next Thursday. Appreciate you, dude. You bet. Go Brewers. Go Brewers, indeed. Matt Carroll from reviewingthebrew.com. Guests on the score are brought to you by Fleet Farm. Visit fleetfarm.com. Fleet Farm built for real life. Leonardo, we have another song that you're probably not going to be familiar with here, Mm. but I did want to play it out. Uh, This is uh, a guy who I don't think gets enough credit of how talented of a musician he is. He's celebrating his 58th birthday today. He is former Nine Inch Nails, well, maybe current Nine Inch Nails frontman, Trent Reznor, American singer, songwriter, record producer. They went to number one with their album in 2005. It's called White Teeth. Um, He and his wife, Maraqueen Mandig, are members of the post-industrial group How to Destroy Angels. Now, Trent Reznor, along with his uh, fellow Nine Inch Nail, as it were, Atticus Ross, they scored a bunch of David Fincher films, including... The Social Network, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, and Gone Girl. He actually is an Oscar Award winner for Best Original Score for The Social Network, and he won the Grammy Award for Best Score Soundtrack for Visual Media with The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Big fan of Trent Reznor, big fan of Nine Inch Nails. We are listening to The Hand That Feeds. Don't forget about Kevin's deal in hour two. Don't worry, it's coming. Okay, I wanted to okay. surprise it. I, I, just, I surprised you and him. I, I, I wanted to make it a surprise. I'm not going to tell you when it's coming. It's coming. Oh, that, that's fine. I just didn't want you to forget. No, no worries. Are we wrapping up our one right when now? When we come back. Okay, we're going to step up for a quick break. That's a wrap for our one. Wanted to thank uh, Matt Carroll for coming on with us. And, and Alex uh, Aiden. And Alex Aiden. And uh, wasn't Gary our lucky winner of the Wisconsin Gary Cheese Festival tickets? Gary in New London. Gary, you son of a gun, you lucky oh, dog. He's going to uh, the Great Wisconsin Cheese Festival coming up here in just a few weeks. Um, your chance to win since you've been such a great audience. We're gonna Someone might be going with Gary. Where <laughs> they could, yeah. R.I.P. to Ronald James Padavona, professionally known as Ronnie James Dio. That's the man. Died uh, yesterday. On, or he didn't die yesterday. On the date yesterday. On the date yesterday. May 16, 2010 is when he passed away. This is by request. Kevin wanted to hear a little. Going out to Kevin and Appleton. Yes, he wanted to hear a little Long Live Rock and Roll by Rainbow, fronted by Ronnie James Dio. Indeed. Some, uh, some say maybe the greatest uh, voice of uh, heavy metal. I don't know. A lot of people say I'm the best voice in heavy metal. That's what people are saying. I don't know. Ron, I love Ron. We love Roddy James Dio. We love the Dio. But let's face it. People are saying that I'm the best. I'm the best out there. All right, Donnie. <laughs> It'd be Ronnie, Donnie James Rio. <laughs> right. I guess that's what it would be. <laughs> that's who he could be. Hey, we're out for uh, hour one. We'll be back for hour two after this. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.